0: Welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game I am Paul and I don't do intros multiple times every night now
1: Hi, uh, I'm Kevin and I'm also not doing an intro
0: <laughs> And this is
2: Chris and I don't know what intros are anymore Alright, no intros
0: That was a terrible yeah, intro none at all Good radio Paul, that what was- are we talking about tonight? Yeah <laughs> Yeah uh, well, we got on the uh, on the slate for tonight. We're going to look at some other hobbies that we we're involved in that we can take stuff that we're learning while doing those hobbies and apply it to miniatures gaming. Yeah. A topic so that maybe, has been
2: requested by our Discord.
0: Yeah. So may, yeah. Maybe well, not I, I don't know that it's so much been requested – yeah, but I think it's more like they assumed that something was going to be coming and they wanted to at least get it out of the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, see, I mean, it, it is, it, it's, I, I am kind of like, not another not Minis episode, but yeah. Uh, we definitely going to be talking about a gunpla tonight. <laughs> um, because that's something. Yep,
0: that, the gunpla, the nasty, nasty gunpla. Especially you two have picked up a lot.
1: Right, but we're going to be
2: talking about how Gunpla can be translated into minis.
1: Yes, that is so.
2: Out. It is minis adjacent.
0: So it's but so so this way you manage some expectations. We're not talking about making games to play with your Gunpla. That's Correct. true. All
1: right. Well, uh, hobby progress, fellas. Paul, which
0: I I, I have a good idea for it anyway. But yeah, Paul, what are you what are you been working on? Uh, well, um, I've finished a Gunpla. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no way. Um, I did, Which one did you I work did on? Feather, I,
0: I, yeah. I, well, I finished, up, I think since the last time we talked, I finished up my, uh, what is he? Wing Zero, whatever. I don't know. Feathers, I call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from a show I didn't watch, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's pretty badass. He's the Verka one. So there's a shit ton of water slides still to do. Because that's apparently how those roll. Um, The other thing that I've been working on, I've been working on three light machine gun teams for Chain of Command because my game is coming up on Saturday. Nice. And I've kept putting this off. So now I'm like, you know, in the ADHD crunch time Uh uh, to get them painted up. Um, And I also... I've been working on something else, but I think I'm not going to talk about that because I think it's our discussion for next time. Sounds great.
1: So yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna keep the lid on it. I agree. You should keep the lid yeah. on it. Um, I will not keep the lid on what I've been working on because I feel like people who have been listening to the show for a long time know that it's a game that I've wanted to talk about probably since the inception of the show. Um, but I picked up uh, one of the brand new super hotness war bands for Bushido while I was at Adepticon um and i haven't been sharing it on the discord because i like letting everyone think that my hobby inertia is more inert <laughs> than inertia uh but i have actually <laughs> <laughs> i have actually been working on the void uh which is a war band of like uh eclipse or basically monks who worship nothingness uh, and the return to nothingness. So very much up my alley. So they're, they're nihilist, Lebowski? Yeah, ni- yeah nihilist monks. <laughs> that's definitely, definitely the way to refer to the void as nihilist monks. Like the back of the boxes on Bushido typically have like a thing that's sort of about the faction and a little blurb. And there isn't a blurb. It's just like mm-hmm. four offset sentences on the back of the box. It says, the death of time, the death of light, the death of existence,
0: eternal night.
1: And that's all it says. It's like so dramatic. Wow. Dude, I need those guys line line? just
0: on principle. Yeah, Sorry, you guys line? talked over <laughs> each other there.
1: Oh, Highlander. So. I don't know. Oh my God. Either way, the minis are amazing. Um, I got – and I, I, thanks to a friend of the show, Shay, who was at Adepticon a day earlier than me. He was able to ninja shop the box set and the two extra minis that were available. So that means – basically what that means is that I have uh, nine miniatures for this faction. It's basically oh, the full 100 Rice Warband with options. Um, so very excited to start actually playing some Bushido. I haven't actually got a game scheduled yet, but I wanted I'm very much working on getting the crew painted. Uh and they're they are very very much in progress. So that's what I've been working on, is Bushido stuff.
0: Nice. That's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Potter, what about you, sir?
2: Um, uh, I think the last time we talked, I think I was in the middle of building my Dynamis. So, I've gotten that finished. Um, and then I have started with my... So, my son and I build kits at the same time. So, he is building a uh, uh, Perfect Strike Freedom from the battle log line. And while he's building that, I am building a Power GM... From the Stardust Memory uh, movie, uh, from the UC timeline, so I'm building that right now, and I've got most of it done. I think he's got I got Sweet. one one leg left to build. So I try to keep pace with him, so it's a slower build because you know we only we we keep at an eight year old's attention span, <laughs> which is short. Right. Yeah, short. Um, yep. so, so, yeah. So and and I've got the um I've got the well, I can't I don't have the i can't remember but it's the the gundam the rx gundam from stardust memory as well too is on my build table uh as well but i'm ready i'm waiting for my scribers to show up tomorrow uh because some of the uh panel lines on that are a little shallow so i'm waiting for those to come in so i can re-scribe the existing panel lines so that way the uh my uh the panel liner ink that I've got will actually flow into it instead of just like sitting on the top, and will just like wipe away the moment I try to you know clean up my mess. Cool, cool. So that's what
1: I'm working on right now. Nice, that's awesome. awesome. So lots of Gundam, and I guess I did. I did also. I finished the uh, the live lance, the battlelog one. So I'm it- dude. That is such an awesome one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yep. So we've all we've all finished a Gundam since the last time we recorded, um, and I actually got three new kits on order. But that's 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 actually what we're gonna talk about tonight is Gundam and and how we can apply principles from this hobby uh, into the miniatures hobby, or you know, vice mm-hmm. versa, right? Like how this hobby can be very uh, accessible and fun to someone who likes to paint miniatures and build miniatures, but might want a break to work on something different. I think we can look at it from both sides of that that coin. Yeah, no, I think so. Yep, it's true. So, so Paul, uh, as a, as a thing that you wanted to bring up and a, a topic you wanted to talk about, let's uh, let's start here. And, and what's let's like one of the first sort of aspects of this that you wanted to explore?
0: So one of the things that early on um i realized would be good to bring over into miniatures gaming is actually uh when you're when you're doing gundams you have a like an entirely different way of of cutting things off the off the sprue Mm. you know previously just doing models it's like all right just snip, snip 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 and off you go but since you know since with the gundam they're pre they're pre colored plastic and you're not really painting them you kind of have to take a lot more care yeah um because that little scar that you end up seeing uh you're you're not going to paint over Uh, but the other advantage is that taking that extra time leaves it nice and smooth even so even if you're going to paint over it you're still going to get a a better result than if you just quickly went through it so depending on how much of a centerpiece your model is um, you know, clearly if it's going to be like 35 guys per unit, that's probably not worth the time, but if it's a big giant, you know, I don't know, monster that you're going to be using for one of your factions, um, it might be very well worth taking the extra time to sand off one of those nubs or even just use, you know, the, the two clip step, right? So clip further away and then get a really sharp nipper and, and cut closer yeah know? that's the um, that's
1: the technique that miniatures gamers don't use that's the that's the one i was hoping you would mention is the the high cut so yeah you, you want to explain what that means a little bit more in detail for people who are like what did he just say and what what, what does that mean <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah and i'm trying to make sure that i keep the 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 terms to the miniatures war games term because they're different um so with the, with the high cut, you're, you're actually cutting the, the piece off the sprue twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time you're going to cut it, it, you can use a, a, you know, you don't need quite as sharp of a, of a clipper. Um, and you cut a little bit further back. Um, and then once you have it off of the sprue, then you have all the little nubs. You get in there with a sharper uh, clipper. And that's when you can get it uh, closer and you'll get a much smoother, much better uh, removal. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah. So it, it, it makes, it's, it's an incredible difference, an absolutely incredible difference. Because at, at that point, um, maybe the back of an Exacto knife to get what little bit remains. But then once you paint over it, you're never going to know that there was a spot
2: there. Yeah. It, and I will say that's that's been something that was really interesting to me when I first started looking into the hobby, seeing people talk about that, you know, so that way the stress marks aren't as prevalent or as large. And it was like mind-blowing to me because, you know, I've been doing this hobby since I was 12. Um, okay. I turned 37 on Friday. Uh, so it's like uh, 25 years of doing this hobby. And I'm like, I never once thought to do that <laughs> until I started looking right. at Gunpla.
0: Well, the first time I watched a video on it, I watched it and I was like, oh my God, how, do, how, how this is genius. Like it solves so many problems that I've had because I, I've always hated that, right? right. Like, because then if you cut, if you don't get the good cut, then you're going at it with the exacto knife and then you have that good chance of leaving the divot. Um, and then if it really bugs you, then you're doing some green stuff to kind of, you know, try and fill that in. Yep. Or, you know, you just going, All right, well there's that divot. Hopefully once I start painting it won't be as noticeable. Um so I mean like like realistically I of of everything else that I want to talk about, this is easily, easily the most important thing that I've learned from, from from Gundam to translate over into miniatures. Yeah. All right guys, that's it. I'm done. See you later. No, I'm kidding. Um drop the mic. He's out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean that's uh, it's huge. It's 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 game changing. It really is.
1: Yeah, and I mean there's a and there's a couple steps too, right? And and sorry if you guys mentioned this, I kind of that kind of lost audio. Um, So you can if this is doubled up, stop me. But the the part another part of this right is investing in in some of the extra tools like ultra high grit sandpaper, um, a really good quality set of nippers that you only use for precision cuts. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Uh, those, I mean, the, I got, I got the Tamaya Tamiya, however you say it, um, you know, sharp nippers and, you know, I know they're not like the absolute best ones out there, but good Lord, they're incredible. Uh, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are
2: the ones I use and I, I really like them. I mean, yeah, eventually I'll probably, you know, as I get further and further into this, you know, I'm, I'm picking up Scriber, you know, like I said, I've got Scribers on the way. They'll be here tomorrow. You know, I, I'm fully in, you know, picking up more and more tools for this hobby um you will know, probably pick up a pair of god hands which are like the well known as some of the best clippers slash nippers um in the the gunplo community uh eventually but i mean the as long as they're just sharp i mean they're gonna do the job
0: yeah sharp and sharp and thin yeah right? sharp like and thin hit, like yeah, that's at least that's the way I think of it. Sharp and thin. Yeah, but, but I mean that's, it, that's that's my first one. But, but no, the chop like, like you said.
2: Yeah, I agree 100 percent with you, and I, I think I think that's something that's changed my mindset with when it comes to minis is like you said the the investment in the money in the tool. So like I've always where I put my money in minis before when it came to tools was always my brushes or my paints. You know, that's where I always thought about my, my tool investment. I never really thought about my clippers. I never really thought about files. I never thought about, you know, because I was like, I usually just use it. I just clipped, exactoed, you know, removed mold line with an exacto, and, you know, primed, and off to the races. Like, my expensive tools were my brushes. But now, looking at it for these centerpiece models, like, the you know, those those soft, foam like, foamy sandpapers those are so much going to be so much better to use on those those centerpiece models that you're going to want to stand out or if you've got like a kill team you know of of like you know 5 to 10 models that you could take the time to invest in those models to make that kill team look like superb you know using and taking these extra time to use these steps to 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 make those models shine invest in your tools. Like it's more than just paintbrushes and paints. Like this has really made me
1: see that. And this can actually segue us pretty nicely into the next tool recommendation. And a thing that I have used, uh, since picking it up for Gunpla and, and for a different, a totally different purpose. Uh, but the thing that I bought, I bought cause I was trying to put, uh, stickers onto my Ava unit one, which is a uh, Jesus Christ. It's a whole thing. Um, and the, the tool that I bought <laughs> – <laughs> the tool that I bought was uh, reverse action pliers. Uh, and I've so, heard about those. And so what reverse action pliers are, for if you don't know, is a standard set of, or a standard set of pliers or um, tweezers is something that when you press down on it, the tweezers close, right? And reverse action tweezers or pliers, the, the action is that it's closed by default and when you squeeze, they open. Uh, and where I'm using those in miniatures now is during assembly because as most painters know, it's a, it's an absolute like lights on light bulb moment. The first time you put a miniature onto a plinth to paint it because (laughs) taking your hands away from the thing that your other hand is doing is kind of a big deal, right? Because you have a hand to manipulate the paintbrush and then your other hand is just holding the plinth and it can very easily manipulate the model to where you need it to be. And you're kind of doing that in reverse with reverse action pliers or tweezers while you're doing assembly and that you can hold the model in one hand and a small fiddly ass piece – and the reverse action tweezers. And it lets you line up the piece and glue it much more accurately than you can just using your fingers on both sides of the equation.
2: Dude, dude I've just I've just been sitting here with my mouth open the entire time because all I've been thinking is going, that will make Malifaux models so much easier <laughs> to build. My mind is blown. My mind is blown right now.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a game – another game changer. We're going to say game changer a lot tonight because they're – I'm going to buy like, those things. like now. <laughs> yeah, little things that you pick up um, right from starting to do Gunpla. And for me, like I said, it was because – I was having a hell of a time getting the small stickers onto unit one without smudging them with my fingerprints or manipulating them into the right spot. Um, but that pair of uh, of tweezers, man, uh, changed the game. I was able to instantly get them on with precision and then press them down
0: so that they went on flat and flush. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I ended up in the same situation, Kevin. Remember at the be- at the top of the show when I was saying how there's like three 300- hundred quite literally 300 water slides Mm -hmm. that can go on to my mg verka Mm -hmm. uh i saw the reverse action tweezers and i was like i need these and the last one the last one that i was working on um the other day i had some stickers to put on and started using it and i mean it it, yeah game game changer can we say that enough times it is it really is and i i've not tried it with with model pieces yet but you are a fucking genius
1: <laughs> it was just like you know i was doing some mcp assembly and having a hell of a time because some of those the newer models man they're not the pieces aren't getting any bigger i'll tell you what i still don't think they're worth complaining about because <laughs> um, they're not that bad but it's mu- it's much improved uh with tweezers especially as you know the older you get the less steady your hand at least the less steady my hands are um so makes it uh, quite a bit easier to brace hold and glue and test fit too, right? That's another big thing that it lets mm-hmm. you do is test fit for for how things should fit together. So yeah, reverse action tweezers is the other is the, the second thing I could think of where uh, my general hobby game has improved by doing gunplug.
0: Yeah, um, I will be purchasing. All right, Chris, how about how about you? Um, I, I mean, I think the tools investment
2: was a big one for me. I think you guys, you mean, I mean, the the clipping was one. Um, let me see, what else have I figured out going through? Um, I mean, I've been looking at a different ways of airbrushing as well, too, because I have been uh, looking at um, in, investing in. Uh, or not investing, but looking at potentially getting to the point where I may start painting my my gunpla, uh, you know, to do custom schemes and stuff like that. So, Boy, uh, deep in looking it at the different ways, yeah, I have, oh, I'm deep in. Um, as As I as I have said, it, it, I I don't remember who I told, but had I probably discovered gunpla before minis, I probably would have never gotten into minis. Um, my the whole thing I've I love about minis has always been the model building like playing the games and hanging out with friends is always a bonus and it's great i enjoy that and i love painting them but the biggest pleasure i get out of them is building and so Gunplug really scratches that for me yeah, um definitely. but i mean it's it's made me rethink about my setup here at home and how i can utilize that and in with and how to use it for my minis as well too with with you know creating a uh, a priming box here at home and how to do it environmentally safe inside the house which you know will translate over into my minis and how i can start airbrushing more with them um and you know i've learned some tricks and techniques with that to you know where i think i was uh where i learned some differences between you know some of the enamel paints uh, that you know a lot of the Gunpla people use versus the acrylic paints and so mm-hmm. I'm going to start you know invent, start looking at some of more of the enamel paints for my minis to uh, test that with airbrushing because one of the one of the frustrations I always had with airbrushing was I always felt my um, the tip of my airbrush would always dry up really quick uh, with my airbrush and what I found out was this, the the acrylics, tend to do that a lot, but the enamels because of the chemical makeup of them have a, you know, they don't do it as, you know, as much. So it's got me thinking a about dry
1: time. Yeah.
2: Right. It's got a longer dry time. So it's got me looking at, you know, potentially at least for like base coating and things like that, uh, looking at more and branching out my painting, uh, my, my paint repertoire, and looking at what I can do from there. So it it caused me to do a lot of research that I can probably bring into the minis realm to look at what I'm doing for my painting.
0: Damn. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Super cool.
1: I am in total agreement. Um, like man, what a, what a
0: deep plunge. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. So want, yeah, that's yeah, that's a lot more than 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 Clippers, huh? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I want to talk about one more thing that I think many that before we uh, and there may be more that you guys have, but at least before I have points where I'd like to talk about the reverse end of this this discussion, which is like how many's players might want to actually think about trying some Gundam and not just uh, taking the tips that we have that go in the other direction. Uh, but the last thing I want to bring up is paint markers and in general mm-hmm. l- lining markers, um, because I, I found that even if you think you can't draw at all, remember that miniatures are tiny and the details like it's not what I'm trying to say is it's not as hard as you think to do small detail work with with one of these pens. And the other thing that's cool about the pens is they wipe free with your finger. So even if you mess up while they're still wet, you can wipe them right off. Um, And in miniatures, if you want to do black lining for, say, comic book style painting or you wanted to do some just deep shadow work, I think – or even just like writing. Like if you were doing some custom design work on a shield, it's much easier to do it with a pen than it is a paintbrush. Uh, and buying a set of Gundam markers is a clutch, clutch idea. I didn't realize how simple and fun they were to use, uh, until I started using them in Gundam, but I have since gone and done some custom writing, uh, on helmets and stuff like that on miniatures. Uh, and it, it just makes a huge difference because I'm not a pro with a paintbrush in the slightest. Uh, and being able to have the control that a marker gives me because it's more like a pen than a paintbrush, and it's a predictable motion, predictable line every time. You're not worried about how the brush and the bristles are lined up. It just makes the whole process a lot less stressful.
0: Well, and I'll, and I'll tell you what, Kevin. I am uh, on the project that I'm not talking about, Uh, I'm actually going to use those markers on it and use it in much the same way that I use them for Gunpla. So even right there, I mean, you're using them on a, on a little bit of a different level and I'm going to end up using them on exactly the same way Yeah. for panel lining.
1: Yeah. For panel lining, which is what we use them for in Gundam. Right. So. Right. So buying a set of, of these markers and they're cheap, right? Like. I think the the set that I got, which is a brown, a black, and a gray, which is really good for going onto primary colors, uh, as because well, the brown shades things like red uh, and blue better than you think, um, and then the the and yellow also. Uh, really, it's red and yellow that brown is for, but the gray and black are really good uh, for emphasizing details and doing lining. So you can also get it for that, and it's a hundred percent worth it. Uh, I mean, and if you have any doubts, one of the things to look at, go, go look is look at someone's examples of a Gundam model, pre panel lining with a marker and then post marker. It's just a huge difference in the detail work. And again, if you're doing panel lining or you're doing comic book style stuff, or you just have some lettering that you want to do on a shield or whatever, or a helmet, it's a, it's just a way, way easier way to do it lot less stress oh, yeah. than the paintbrush and you're not cheating
2: oh trust me i'll be i'll be using the not the thin ones uh but the, i'll probably using the the fatter ones uh mm-hmm. on my
1: stormtroopers for legion oh definitely definitely that's like what a smart way to use them i hadn't even considered that but yeah that's a that's a way smart way to use them
2: yeah because you just put them in there press down and the ink just flows and then it just fills in the gaps, and then I can just yep. take a take an eraser and just erase everything away that doesn't need to be yeah. there. That's on the on just the armor.
0: Bing boom bang. Yeah. That's the, that's the other amazing thing, right? Is that you you can literally erase it. Yeah, yeah. You just t- take your
2: old you know elementary school pink eraser, scrub it away. Boom, it's
0: gone. Uh, it's so weird that that's a hobby tool now. <laughs>
2: I mean, I probably get two or three of them laying around this house somewhere.
0: You guys are hardcore. <laughs> I just use my fingers. I do too, but if can' if it's someplace where I can't get my finger, the uh, edge of that eraser will get get it right on there. Right.
2: yeah yeah, that's a good point. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll wet my finger down just a little bit and you know scrub it, and
0: boom, it's gone. All right, chop, so I think you were gonna take us someplace else.
1: Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about um, at least for the last you know 10, 15 minutes here. What you might do, how you how you might take this hobby as a break from miniature painting, and why you should consider it, even if giant robots aren't your thing, or uh, like you don't think that gun gunpla is a hobby for you. Uh, let let us assure you that it it can be, uh, and. <clears throat> The reason I want to talk about this is because we've got someone uh right here on microphone that was very hesitant to start. Uh and as a matter of fact, I, I think Paul you were you were pretty way down and doubtful on it before you bought your first kit.
0: I was. Um and I mean so let's 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 start at the let's start at why I was interested in the first place and then I'll get into what my hesitancy was. Um I mean, from the beginning, right, like a while back, right, sometime around COVID, I guess they started showing up in in Target. And uh, I don't know when that transition was made or whatever, but I kept looking at them like, I love model kits. Uh, You know, clearly I like building stuff for miniatures. And sometimes I want to build something and not go, well, now I got to paint it. So yeah. they always caught my eye for that. And the other thing that really caught my eye was the price point. Oh, yeah, they're cheap. Uh, because the, compared to what we're used to with miniatures, and, and I think, I guess, you know, getting into that philosophically, I guess part of that is because you're not doing any game design with it. And yeah. I think a lot of people forget that when you're buying miniatures, you're also paying for the game design unless mm-hmm. you're buying GW. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> so, so looking at that, it, wow, it was. It was <laughs> um, so it was, it was, you know, it, it was just one of those things where it just stuck out and made sense to me, right? That that we would that it would be it would be interesting, it would be fun. Um, but where I got a little overwhelmed initially. Um, was the massive amount of instructions that are just kind of thrown at you. Sure. And when you've not done it, it's overwhelming. Because one of the first things I got, and I, and I don't know that I ever told you guys this, but I had bought a, a, something from Bandai, uh, I don't know, year, year and a half ago, and opened up the box and looked at it and went, oh, hell no, and put it away.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, um, well, I didn't know that.
0: Because I, yeah, I had picked up, I had picked up um, the uh, Gorilla Walker from Episode Eight. Oh, uh, oh all right. There's like a little mini one. Yeah, there's a little one of those, and I mean, it's just it's it's very simple kit, but just even just looking at the instructions uh, that were like printed up in the top of the box, you know, not even like a little instruction sheet. They're just kind of up there in the top of the box. Because I mean, once I figured it out, it was it was very simple. But you know, it just—I just opened it up and it—it it overwhelmed the crap out of me. Um, and then one of you guys had sent you know a picture of the of the uh, instruction list, and I just went, "There's there's just no way. Like this is insane. I, that's like looking at that every time is just going to drive me nuts." Um, and finally, with you guys going and doing it. Um, you know, and it was one of those things where I'd had a I'd had a good week and wanted to treat myself to something and happened to be in the store with with my wife and saw the live lance that you were talking about. And I went, man, that's really cool. Let me just go scan it. See what the price is. 24 99 Hell yeah, I'm in.
1: Yeah, and, and took this it home is, this is and a opened it. Seven inch model, right? This is like the size of the live Lance. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Like, We're talking about something that's
0: like the size of Magnus, right? It's a
1: huge model.
0: Oh yeah, and I mean, it's it's weapon. It's it's death scythe type weapon is just you know it's what that's probably almost a foot. Yeah, it's gigantic. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, so I mean, it's, and 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 I'll tell you what. One of the first things. Now I'm gonna. Now I'm gonna. Hope you don't mind me getting deep here. Um, One of the first things that, after opening it, that made me go, made me realize this was a hobby that was at a different level than what I was used to, was the multiple plastic colors on one sprue. Yeah,
1: yeah, that blew Mm
0: -hmm. my mind the first time I saw that, too. Exactly. I opened that up, I saw that, and I went, oh my god, this is just a completely different experience. Yeah, the engineering is just a totally different game. It's a whole different ball game. The other thing too, Kevin, is that as I I'm glad that I started with the Live Lance. Because one of the things I found that I really liked about the newer gunplug kits is that in the in the instruction manuals, they tell you essentially what part you're working on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but the fact that it's like, you're working on the head, here's the steps for the head, and when you get to the end of the head part, there's kind of a thicker border, and then you can see that you're moving on to another part.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like Lego, right? Bag one, bag two.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, yes, that's exactly it. It's 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 creating that bag, and so this way it's like, all right, well, I have three more steps to finish. Whereas the second one I built was an older kit, and it wasn't broken down that way, and I Did not like the experience as much. Got it. So, just so I think, I think part of it for me was not wanting to get into that overwhelm feeling as I was working on it. And the way they lay it out on the more modern kits solves that problem for me. And as I learned, and one of the things that you guys were trying to tell me when I'm going, oh, hell no, is that everything is surprisingly far more well-organized on sprues or runners oh, yeah. than they are this, in the miniatures world. This, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they are. You
1: you look at any sprue for any miniature, and it it's literally it's all, the only engineering con- the consideration place. is getting all the pieces on the sprue. <laughs> uh, and that right. is not at all the way that Gundam stuff is engineered. It's engineered on a, no. on a whole other level where it's organized by – uh, location and runner and weight on the sprue—it is incredible. Like, I—I I mean, I think if, any, mm-hmm. if nothing else, every miniature gamer should buy one Gundam kit just to admire what real engineering looks like. <laughs> um, because, and that's yeah. that's really that's no dig. That's no dig at people at like Games Workshop or anybody who designs miniatures on sprues. But if you want to see like insane craftsmanship in the plastic injection molding space there is nothing that tops gundam as far as i know of
0: well and and the other thing too kevin is that what and what i learned what i learned is that well and and let's let's get this point in there is that there's no glue right there's no glue everything snap fit everything is snap fit and the engineering that goes into these things to make them snap fit is ridiculous because those tolerances are 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 not large um and 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 these newer and the newer kits man they fit like a glove and on top of that not only that but the articulation right i don't know if if, Mm -hmm. if if you've never built one and you know nothing about them these these guys move Mm -hmm. you know like you can pose them you know you can't action figure play with them but you know you can pose them you can set them up you can display them how you want to display them and i mean to to give you an idea of how intricate some of them are the 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 one that i built that i was talking about at the beginning the legs are absolutely ridiculous because they do bend enough so that the calf will touch the quadricep right and the way it actually accomplishes that is that as you bend the you bend it at the knee the armor in the calf opens up like you don't do it it just opens up as you move it back and that allows it to slot in there even tighter and there's like two knee joints
1: i really can't i can't wait for you i can't wait for one of you guys to install to to build one of the ava kits because they're they're gonna like and this is just this is sort of taking us into the weeds, but the Evangelion kits, because because Evangelions are uh spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Evangelion, you're too fucking late. Uh they're human, right? <laughs> they're, they're they they have just upsized human anatomy. Um and right. the 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 model kits also have human anatomy. Sorry, mom. So <laughs> So when you bend the leg, uh, the muscles flex. Like the, it's not that the, the quad area, the area you would assign to the quadricep opens, like the muscle actually flexes and moves. Um, and the same is true in the, the in the arms, like the forearms that they actually, the, the forearms of the Avangelians, they actually have two pieces of plastic that rotate around each other, like your, your, your distal, uh, and your radial bones—it's crazy.
0: Good God! Yeah, they're nuts. <laughs> um, All right. Well, now I got to go to the store and see if any of those are left. The, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the
1: jaw opens and it has a mouth and teeth inside. The, the 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 like head leans forward and drops, and then the back pulls away, and it reveals a spot for an entry plug, like it would on an Evangelion. Oh my goodness! They're just Unbelievably that's, articulated.
0: That's awesome. Um, yeah. See, and I need them because that was like the first anime I ever watched. Yeah, it's it's so cool. Mm, that makes me.
2: That makes me wonder how uh, my my new kit that I just bought's gonna be when I when I finish building it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's um, gonna be pretty. It's gonna be pretty massive, yeah. man. It's gonna be a fun one to look at when it's done. But this is all to say that, like, if you're deep in the miniatures hobby, which, I mean, if you're listening to this, that's got to be where you are. Um, I think it's worth buying a kit. And, you know, a good place to start is just one of the two entry grade kits that are now available. So there's the, and now we'll get into the take some notes part. So the entry grade comes in two models right now it's the Strike Freedom uh, and the RX 78 2. Uh, I would recommend just buying an entry grade RX 78 two. Their retail on those is anywhere between seven ninety nine and nine 99. Um, and it's a really fun I just kit finished to build last week. Yep. It's a really fun kit to build. Um, the, mm-hmm. the entry grade, like if you are an experienced miniatures hobbyist, it will take you 45 minutes from start to finish to put an entry grade model together. um,
0: so, so so so, Kevin. Let's 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 take a step back here, real quick, and and I think it's worth explaining what the heck you're talking about when you say entry grade. Oh God! Because it's more than just our yeah. opinion that it's entry level, right? Yeah. I'll go, do it. Go, let's do it.
1: Go ahead. Uh, yeah, we I didn't realize we were going to go this deep, but let's do it. No, it's
0: all you, sir. All you. Okay.
1: So, no, nope, we're going that I, deep. Go for I, it. I, can, I'll, I can. I can do it. it. I I got got it. Got all right. It. Let's give it to Chris. Or, all right.
2: Okay. So. Yeah, so so Bandai breaks down every one of their their kits uh, by um, essentially their scale, their uh, detail, and uh, s- some of it's uh, in terms of what type of stickers and uh, the color plastic you get and things like that. So like like Chop's was saying, it starts at the entry gr- what they, what they call entry grade. Uh, so those are ones that are again they're not as high detailed. They're uh, they can snap right off of the the sprues. You don't need a lot of tools to do I don't think you actually need any tools to build these. And like I said, you could build them in about 45 minutes. Uh from there Yeah. Uh and the and then from there you go up to uh what is called high grade. Um a little bit more detailed. You're still using a lot of stickers uh for some of your parts like your eyes and Anything else? Like uh, I've got a kit that I'm building now. It's got you know a whole blue section on a white shield, so the whole blue is a sticker, um, so, instead and, and of just you know,
0: blue. And just to get into that a little bit more, so if you're poking around in the world of Gundam, that's called they call it color correction, correct.
2: So um, so so there's that one, and then your next step is what they call real grade. Real grade is what Bandai imagines a Gundam would look like in the real world. So it's the same scale as the high grade. It's one uh, one forty fourth scale. Um, and again, you're going now. You're going into a little bit more detail. You're doing less color correction. You're getting a lot more of your sprues being the correct color. Um, and then the next step up from there is what they call master grade. Now you're into one scale. You're getting a lot more detail because you're getting a lot bigger model. Uh, and then from there, you get to 160th scale, which is perfect grade. Uh, a lot of these kits come with LED lights in them. Uh, they have, uh, a lot of detail. Um, they come with a lot of extra stuff. Uh, some of them even come with actual metal parts. Uh, so you're now you're branching in from like just plastic, plain old plastic to just actual metal. Um, as they grow and grow that line. I think the last perfect grade that came out was the RX 78 uh, two unleashed. And that one had uh, like metal articulated pieces inside of its frame. So that, that they're continuing to engineer their marvels. I think they got a new new one coming out. That's got like a pure gold frame coming out. So they keep doing things, but that's kind of a, in a nutshell, the breakdown of what an entry grade versus all the rest of the grades mean.
0: Yep. So if and if you are if you're listening and you and you are curious about that the one that Potter was just talking about, go onto YouTube and there is a video of Adam Savage building it, um, and mm-hmm. it's it's like kid in a candy store excitement over the engineering on this. But the thing that blew my mind was that he took a section of leg skeleton, you know, so like the internal structure of the leg off of the sprue, and it was already articulate coming straight off the sprue. So somehow they managed yeah. to inject that into the mold and it comes out movable. Like, holy crap. Wild. They figured out some cool engineering.
1: Uh, but definitely start with an entry grade because entry grade is uh, the, as it says, it's, it's, it's a good starting space. It's a good entry <laughs> space. Also, you know, perfect grade models. Don't start under a hundred dollars. <laughs> Uh, most of them don't start under $200. So when you're, when you start getting in, they're not cheap. Yeah. Perfect grades are not cheap. Um, but entry and high grades, um, like the high grades typically run from 15 to $35. Uh, and $35 high grades are huge, (laughs) huge models. Lots of parts. Like that's when we're talking about like the live Lance that we got for $25. Just absolutely massive. Uh, when fully built and uh, and displayed. So totally worth it. Um, And and I think a worthwhile diversion for anybody who's into building miniatures, because it's just it's a different application of your skill set that you already have. Um, And, you know, it's it's like when so and, and here's the other thing. Somebody will say, well, I'm just not into the way Gundams look. And I'll say, wait a minute. Uh, this is like somebody saying they're not a fan of metal music i always call bullshit you just haven't found the subgenre of metal that appeals to you yet um and it's the same thing with gundam kits there are more than just the ferrari bright color gundams there are also 30 minute missions which are cooler more industrial looking um mech suits uh, there is Neon Genesis Evangelion that we talked about, which is a totally different style of mech suit. Um, there is a MAME Warrior at the Borderline model kits, which are even different looking mechs. Uh, so you can really find something that appeals to you aesthetically if you just take a moment to look through. Uh, but you should start with an RX-78-2 because that's the rite of passage, and you should start with that. <laughs> it's like building a space and the And,
0: and one th- <laughs> and one one thing I want to point out, like, once I found my favorite Gundam, um, I now have a lot of them.
1: Oh, right. The Exia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a thing, too,
0: right? You yeah, because there's so, there's so many little versions of them.
1: Boy, we haven't even talked about the fact that, like, if you actually do enjoy building the models and you're someone like me who's kind of a lore nut and you love reading the lore sections of books... Well, let me tell you, you can really dive into Gundam because there is many TV shows over like five decades of uh, animation at this point.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> five decades. Yeah. So, I was shocked at how good the original one was too. Yeah, dude. For coming out in 79. Yeah, yeah. For 70s. Oh, boy.
1: Um, yep. Pretty, yep. Pretty significant stuff high storytelling for a cartoon, right? Like in the seventies, you're like, holy geez, this is not, uh, not what we were doing in the States in the 1970s, as far as animation goes.
0: No, sir. Not at all. all. And the other, the other thing too, and I guess this is way off topic, but I, you know, again, earlier I said, Neon Genesis was my first, um, you know, anime that I ever watched. And it was awesome watching this and seeing all of the stuff that was pulled into it and influenced from that show in 1979. Yeah. It's like even, even certain music cues. Yeah. You don't
1: realize how, uh, Evangelion was sort of like a, a thing against mecha tropes, right. Or like playing into your expectations of what mecha anime should be. Uh, and it's treatment of child soldiers, which is sort of a prevailing theme through all of Gundam, um, is what teenagers go through when they're pushed into combat situations but um or another that's another just an interesting thing about the hobby right is getting into the anime and and starting to love the storylines and the characters and just the rich history but really you know just looking at it from a purely hobby perspective there's a lot to love and that's that's yeah, really it's, what it's i wanted to get across 900%. i think did you guys have anything else or is that sort of have we uh have we done it have we covered the things you want to talk about tonight I know I
2: talked um, about what I
0: wanted to talk about.
2: Yeah. And I think you guys covered the other things I wanted to talk about, like, cause I wanted to bring up the, the, the markers and pen lining and stuff. So
1: yeah. Cool. So I guess then we can, we can have some final thoughts.
0: Oh, um, oh I have ahead. one last thing I, I wanted to say yeah. real quick. Um, and this is, this is a, I guess a, a buyer beware kind of situation right now. Gundam kits are in high demand oh boy. and yeah. a lot of them are hard to get. So be very careful if you're buying on Amazon, check prices elsewhere mm-hmm. to make sure you're not getting ripped off.
1: Yeah, I yeah. De- definitely, if you if you heard this and you're, if you're in the United States, right, I should respect the fact that we have listeners that aren't in the U S but if you're in the United States and you're listening to this right now and you're like, you know what? This sounds really cool. Um, go to target <laughs> Um, because targets around the country now, uh, are carrying these in the same section where you'd find video games. They're sort of tucked along the back wall by the TVs, video games, and books, um, along where they have like movie memorabilia and movie action figures. Yeah. it's where they usually have all the Funkos. Yep. Um, yep. there are, for the pups. there are, uh, Gundam models to buy back there. Um, And that entry-grade RX-78-2 is a model that is almost always on the shelf there. So um, you can get it there. Also, there are many friendly local game stores who stock Gundams. uh, And also Mm -hmm. local hobby shops, places where you buy model cars, very often stock Bandai model kits. So you can go to those stores as well to buy Gundam. Yep. Yep.
2: So if you've avoided that section of your store, go check it out. Yeah, definitely.
1: We promise it's it's not it's not scary. All right. So final thoughts times.
0: Uh, final thoughts time uh, for Gundam. Wow. Uh. So, it it's far cooler than I thought it would be, and I don't know where I'm gonna put them all. And 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 buy lots of Exeas, because Exia. <laughs> um,
1: I would say my final thought is just try it. You know, what have you got to lose? Uh, if you're in this hobby, you'd probably have $25 to spend on a model. Um, and I really think you'll enjoy the process. So give it a shot. Uh, my final thought is it's become way more addicting than I thought it would be. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, Paul, you want to read us out? that yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um first of all, thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are amazing. Uh thank you to Static as a City for the music at the top and bottom of the show. Uh thanks to you guys for coming and hanging out. Um and Oh my god, I'm drawing a blank. Uh I guess I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Uh go build Gundams. Bye.